Hey everyone, coming up we have our review of The Jungle Book on this episode of Diz Pop. Diz Pop is brought to you by Dreams Unlimited Travel. Visit them on the web at dreamsunlimitedtravel.com. Welcome to the show, everybody. This is Diz Pop, your outlet for all things pop culture that I specifically want to talk about. And today, I want to talk about The Jungle Book. So with me to have an actual conversation is the one and only... Craig Williams. Oh, thank you very much for having me. Do you want me to introduce you? Because yeah, you I forgot will. to do that. So could you do that for me? Oh yeah, absolutely. And of course, always on our Diz Pop show, uh, host Rhino Clavin. Oh, hello everybody. Welcome to the show. We've circled back around here. Yes, I, I do apologize. I didn't think to write my own name on my piece of paper. Mm. That's probably why I got such Smart. low grades in school. Mm, I, there's multiple reasons <laughs> for that, but. Uh, it, it's okay. We got over that hurdle. Yeah. Okay. So, so yes, as Craig said, I am Rhino, and I'm here. I want to talk about The Jungle Book. You saw The Jungle Book. I did see The Jungle Book. How did you see The Jungle Book? Uh, I saw it in a movie theater. Oh, okay. Uh, you know, I was walking around New York City looking for <laughs> places that I could uh, buy a bootleg copy of it, and yeah. I just, I was striking out. No go. Yeah, no go. Apparently, apparently it's harder to find than you'd, you'd think. So You couldn't find uh, just the random guy hiding the DVDs under the, uh, the old trench coat? Yeah, I, I think that's just a stereotype. I don't <sighs> think that actually happens in real life anymore. So I, I trudged through ice, wind, snow, All sleep, things local to Florida. All things Central local Florida. to Florida to go see The Jungle Book at, uh, at our local Cinemark Theater. Yes, a favorite of mine and yours. Yes, not going to say where the Cinemark is. No, it's up to them to guess because I I just found out recently, smidge off topic, but Cinemark just put Brian Cranston's movie theater out of business in California. Oh no! And I was like, oh, is it because they have the cheap movie Tuesday? Yeah, that's all I could think. But I got to tell you, off topic. Still, again, we're going to get to the Jungle Book. Um, my awful my experience at this Cinemark was actually really bad for the first time of seeing a movie. When there. you saw Jungle Book, yeah. Oh no! What it, happened? Well, you know, I, I was very excited to see it there, as always, because our Cinemark has reclining seats that are just, they're basically couches oh, that yeah. you just lay on. It's its so comfortable. I'm always tempted to bring a blanket yeah. and just set up shop. And uh, obviously, if I'm watching a movie, I have to have my movie theater snacks. I have to have the, the popcorn. I have to have a soda. Now at that Cinemark, I'm also able to enjoy an alcoholic beverage, mm-hmm. which I very much enjoy uh, at a movie. But the, I swear, there were only two lines open at the concession stand and there were like 10 people deep and apparently no one can go and just order a combo anymore and be okay with what happens now they have to order slushies where they have to put a certain layer of slushy on top of another one and just ruin the entire process and i'll be like okay give me the popcorn i'm gonna go put a little butter then i'm gonna bring it back in there and then you're gonna oh my god you have somebody in front of you doing that it was everyone in front of us so we got to the movie almost a half an hour early and you by the time, right yeah, the time. we walked in five minutes into the the previews and all that. So, uh, I guess long story short, I didn't have a great experience going into this movie because I was really ticked off. Um, I right I, I have that actually. That's funny. Uh, so we won't tell you where the Cinemark is, but I have that same experience with that movie theater. So I know if I'm going to get 
Okay, so this movie theater was recently remodeled, actually. It's a beautiful theater itself to begin with, and then they just added those leather reclining seats without a price increase to the movies. So that's great. But my number one complaint here has always been the concession stand at the movie theater. It's always, it'll be super busy. There's just like two people working. And now on top of that, getting the people that you're talking about that are super needy like that. Well, and they have this deal at that Cinemark. God, this is more of a no, review I, on our Cinemark I've, than anything else. I've got the the plastic cup and the plastic bucket. And so Kylie and I finally wanted to buy that because yeah. Cinemark has slowly become our theater of a choice just because of how comfortable it is seeing a movie theater in there, how easy it is to have our reserved seats. And so we went up to the counter and we're like, oh, yeah, you know, we want to do this deal. So the the guy goes to the back. He brings out a cup. He's like, I can't find any buckets. So do you still want the cup? It's like, no, we want, we want the deal where we buy both of them together for $14. Yeah. And then we get our cheap refills. We don't want to just buy one and then have to pay more money for the bucket later on. Well, I think they're just, they're divided and I think they're just like six fifty each or seven fifty each. No, it, it was some deal that if oh, you bought them together? together, you saved even like two more dollars oh, okay. on top of buying them separate. So I figured that the guy was going to be like, okay, well, you know what? Here's, I'll, I'll, charge you for it yeah and then here's your receipt and just let them know that you didn't have a bucket in stock whenever you did that like yeah. i was hoping for one of those situations and instead it's well do you still want popcorn yes give me my popcorn yeah. <laughs> i'm gonna go sit down and have a temper tantrum i i have i have actually so they've been doing that refillable bucket for like two or three years now and it's a great deal because it's like it, you you're basically you're getting the large drink but not paying the price like I usually only do the one drink. So when you get a drink, it's like six bucks. So the cup was like $3 because you're, you know, you're only basically getting the one without the refill. Exactly. And the popcorn's about a small popcorn, I'd say. Um, maybe a little bit bigger than a small. We don't need more than a medium right. popcorn. And that's, and it's, it's, it's just one of those, like, it's a good, it's a nice deal. It makes you feel um, invested in the theater. Yeah. But I've run into that situation too before where they were like, well, we don't have any of these. And well, you're getting them? Well, we don't know. Oh, okay. Well, you're so you're a very informative theater, but we, you know, it's it's funny because I feel like there are so many factors that just go right into the experience of a movie itself, and so one of those for me always budget enough time for the concession stand, and always assume one person's working and they're terrible. Yep, and I didn't do that. So right off the bat, Jungle Book, it it had to be very good to lift my spirits past because the one beer that I had. Uh, that did not have any effect. But did you get it there? Yes, I did. Okay. Yeah. yeah. So you, and the other thing too about this theater is like you have to go to the lounge to get the beer, and then you mm-hmm. have to go to the other place. You can't get popcorn where you got the beer for some reason. I don't know why they don't move that over. I don't know why that. I understand why they don't have them both in the same place, but they should still sell popcorn over there too. But it's just anyway, this is yeah. But we do love this theater, so it's ironic that this turned into a little bit of like a. A rant there but um but yeah so how did your spirits feel after you left the movie uh, pretty good <laughs> was, pretty good uh i mean do, how far into this are we going this is our first review that we've done on Dispop, at least together i know rhino just kind give of me your general little I, I would say like first your general impression so i just want to know you did you leave the movie theater happy sad angry bewildered uh, I left it. I left it very happy with the film. Yeah. Um, 
it's i didn't see it right away opening weekend like i try to see uh movies if i am going to go to the theaters this one just because of being so busy it took me a while to actually get out and see it so all the hype was built up for it uh the reviews kept pouring in obviously the box office figures added on to that anticipation of okay i i should be expecting something really great and i honestly can't say that i walked away being disappointed by it I uh, so you and I have a little. I don't want to say a history with the movie, like we didn't make the movie. But you and I both had the opportunity to attend uh, the D twenty three convention in Anaheim uh, in August of twenty fifteen. Yeah, and one of the highlights there was John Favreau. Ah, uh, highlight. It was exciting. I don't know if it was yeah, my it, highlight, but it was a highlight up until everything came yeah, after. Because it, it, it was fairly early on in the presentation we were in that John Favreau walked yeah. out on stage, but then he brought Ben Kingsley out with him. Uh, Lupita, Lupita Nyong'o. Yeah. Who, the first time we saw her. Yeah. Contractually obligated to be in every Disney movie from here on out. Exactly. Because um, she's in three of them this year, I think. Yeah. But And, and then... then um, Neil Seti. Yeah. Was that it, though? Were there just the three of them, or did he have another... It was just the three of them. Okay, yeah. Obviously, I would have remembered if they had brought Bill Murray out on stage. I yeah. probably would have lost my mind. I mean, we we all wanted to see ScarJo, but... Yeah. No, she wasn't with us at that time. Yeah. But, the, you know, that was cool. They brought them out, and they were talking about this movie, and they showed us a clip, and then John Favreau says, you know, this was entirely filmed, for the most part, on a soundstage in downtown Los Angeles. Yeah. And I I was, like, very impressed by that. And I thought... Well, I guess I'll see the movie because I'm here and I saw this announcement and it is kind of like the classic Disney movie. You know, it's in that tradition that they've been doing lately of remaking their classic animated films into live action. And this one appeared pretty straightforward. Like, it's pretty much the story is what it appeared to be, you know. And I, a friend wanted to go see it on the opening day and I went. And I have to say, I also left very pleasantly surprised. Yeah. No, I – whenever we heard about it first at D23 uh, – and we got to see some of the scenes that hadn't been shown anywhere else yet. It was, it was breathtaking yeah. because here, I think a lot of us who didn't know that much about the, the filming process didn't realize that it was going to be entirely animated except for, uh, Neil Seti playing Mowgli. Yeah. Other than that, I mean, and then after they start using the words, oh yeah, it's all photorealistic. It's yeah. using some of the most groundbreaking technology that we've developed for this film. And it's like, Oh I, I, I can't believe it. And right. it, it was so impressive then. And seeing the movie fleshed out, it was even more impressive. Um, I, I And I had high expectations going in be just solely from that. But then also, The Jungle Book is actually, in my opinion, one of the most underrated Disney animated classics. Uh, it's at the end of Walt Disney's era. and I think it was the last movie, the movie he foresaw before he yeah, passed away it was and but everything about the movie just kind of strikes with me the visuals are great uh the george bruns uh score for it i is, thought the score was great yeah. it, it, it's fantastic in in the jungle book i mean because it's so much like like classic adventure land that you think of yeah. at disneyland in the 50s and that's and then he also infused jazz that the sherman brothers also brought in whenever they were writing songs for the original jungle like book it all just the king louis song yeah um, i want to be like you they didn't write yeah. um they didn't write bare necessities that was actually the only song in the movie they um, didn't write but every, everything in that movie just worked together so well and you're talking about the original the stuff. original yes. one yeah the original yeah. and while it's not the best Disney movie, it's definitely underrated in terms of animated 
Disney movies. Yeah, and- it's, it's definitely, it's a movie for me. Like, you know, it, it's one of those classics. I've seen it as a child. I remember it, but it's not, it's not one that I have committed to memory, yeah. you know, like it, it, which is ironic since I, Baloo is one of my favorite animated Disney characters for sure. Tailspin, bro. Yeah. I, you know what? And that's actually what I think it is. I was like, why do I love Baloo so much? And that's, I love that they brought those characters into Tailspin from the Jungle Book, you know? Right. But. No, it's just, I, I do have such an appreciation for Jungle Book that uh, it, it really lent into this movie. And uh, I mean, so you went in with it. high expectations. I went in with very high expectations just because I have such a fondness for Jungle Book. And the first thing that I obviously knew is that things were going to be changed. It wasn't going to be straight just straight up the story that was in the animated. And in a way, some of the weakest moments in the animated version, I think were actually dropped for the live action movie. And in a way that it was like, it made it that much more entertaining. Mm -hmm. It added that more dark element to it. That uh, isn't it's, it is present in the animated version, but it was brought out to another level in this I'd say one. it's most present in the animated version at, in the finale of the yeah. film when it when it literally becomes like silhouettes of things, exactly. you know, and that's actually the part that stuck with me the most, even as a kid. It's I, it was, it's that part for me is, uh, I don't want to say breathtaking, but it's, it is very strong. It, it leaves you with a, like a feel, you know, it, it impresses on you. Oh you yeah. Know? No, I, um, and I actually, and I feel like that tone is kind of infused more thoroughly through this movie. Like what you said, it, yeah. it's in the newer one. Uh, I, I, when you say darker, I do agree, but I don't want to say like darker, darker. I don't want people to think like gritty or anything like that. It's just mature. Yeah. yeah it, 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 it hits a little more. It, it, there's definitely an element. I don't want to say of fear, but an, I mean, there is fear because the, the whole thing yeah. is Mowgli's leaving because of that, but it's, it's a little more pressure i there's a scary not scary scary but well it's a pg movie yeah so obviously it doesn't go too grim and too disturbing it's not like that at all it's it is suitable for all audiences especially with a with some parental guidance thrown in there but overall it just it it added enough different elements in it yeah. brought in stuff from the book. I'm not I've never read uh, Kipling's Jungle Book or any of his. Well, it's, you know, books. it's not a book. Yeah, yeah. it's it, multiple books. But it's also the book. The one book is multiple. It, it's yes. more like stories that yeah. are like um, to tell. Uh, what's the word when you've got a moral and it, it, it like the grasshopper it's, and the yeah, ants kind of like that kind of a fables thing. and all that yeah yeah it's it, they're fables that's what it yeah. is and Mowgli stars in like three in the first one yeah and I've I've never read any of them so I can't well I found out myself an expert that they Mowgli's the most famous ones but then they said Ricky Tikki Tavi did you ever yeah. see that because yeah. that movie used to scare me as a kid I mean I loved it but like the mongoose and the yeah. cobra and that kind of took me back when i found out that that was also part of this series because that's actually i like the movie enough that i went back and was like oh i'm gonna read up about a little bit about this with the history of it you know it was interesting i'm I'm right there i I, and you know in terms of the recent disney live action uh movies that they've made from their animated ones uh i've if you've read any of my reviews that i posted on some of them i'm very very critical in my looks at them. Uh, yeah. I, I wasn't doing this when the first Alice in Wonderland came out. And ugh, woof. I don't know if I would say that that movie is... I know it, it counts because it's Alice in Wonderland and they did an animated Alice in Wonderland. But I would say that that one isn't necessarily the remake of the animated one. Is where I thought that one was a... We're none doing of, a take on a... None of these are remakes. They're all reimaginings. 
Yeah. All I, the Alice in Wonderland is just so sideways that I am I don't even connect the two as yeah. being related to each other. But but that's a comment on its own. And we'll get to that because yeah. I'm sure we're gonna do Alice through the looking glass yeah. soon too. And then for me, you know, Maleficent, I'm I'm you're I know you're very happy yeah. they're making another one. Oh, yeah. I'm, I'm thrilled. Yeah. Thrilled. <laughs> uh Cinderella, I thought they really turned things around. I still haven't seen Cinderella yet, but I have heard very positive things about that. That's and next to my list. So I, I feel like they're starting to get on the right note because I walked away from Jungle Book with that same feeling of Cinderella. Like this this is worth it. This is it done right. And yeah. but funny enough with that, it's because those two are very similar, but just twisted the story enough a little bit that I, I enjoyed it. Yeah. Whereas Maleficent and Alice in Wonderland, where you go from a different concept and reimagine the entire scenario, those have been the two that I've basically hated. Yeah. So it's kind of funny that I enjoy when they're closer to the original. It makes it. It makes you kind of. I, I'm interested because also at D23, and not to stray too far away from the Jungle Book, but the Beauty and the Beast that we that we saw basically was just interviews, and we saw literally the first clip yeah. they had filmed because this was so far out that. You know, the movie doesn't even come out till next March that we, this was August. So it was literally probably a camera test is what we saw. Exactly. But, but it's you know, I'm very curious to see how they go that road. And I'm kind of hoping they do stick to the same format where it's very similar to the cartoon, but live action, because I believe Beauty and the Beast is also going to be a musical because yeah, they were is. singing in the Straight in the clip musical. we saw. Yeah. yeah. So it's it's kind of like I think that if they can find the things to offer and do a take, but it still stays true to the original, you know, they think they need to think about the original animated films more as, as the source material, as opposed to being like, well, we're going farther back where I feel like Alice tried to go to the book and, and go from there without looking at the cartoon. Whereas Cinderella went to the cartoon and then came forward from that, you know? Yeah. So it's, it's an interesting, you're, you're right. Like I think jungle book has got the right, they're, they're ironed out their, their, their method natural botanicals what is that what do you mean herbal essence yes <laughs> okay it's got the groove yeah no, it's got the urge oh, it's got the urge um, yeah. um so what what is the story of the jungle book well it's uh mowgli is um found as a as a baby the man cub is found and raised by wolves in the indian jungle and um well basically the the where our story kind of starts is um he's getting a little bit older i i want to say eight 10? Uh, somewhere in there. I'm not sure. They're not very specific. But um, and a series of events is put into place where Mowgli has to leave the tribe. The, mm-hmm. the, and so he sets out with his um, panther friend, Bagheera, mm-hmm. on a journey to rejoin the man the man village. Yes. Uh, there's well, – this is not – I'm not going to say this is a spoiler, but in the jungle, uh, a drought is looming over their heads. Yes. And so all the animals in the jungle have come together as a pact saying that no one will harm each other uh, while while they're around the water because that's the source of life for all of them right now except, uh, you know, Shere Khan – the he main rolls on in main antagonist in this film yeah, uh, he, and he hates man because he's had the run in with man before and I, I don't i don't remember the original jungle book that well but this one he's you know he's been he's got he's been injured and carries with him the scars of man's influence and i won't get yes. any more specific than that that's, because it relates to the story but no that's perfect and uh yeah so he he sees mowgli and he basically sets out the statement that he he wants him as soon as the the pact is over that everything goes back to normal and the rains return and the peace rock yeah. as they refer to it in the movie as soon as that's that's gone and no longer visible he wants 
he wants uh, Mowgli dead. Yeah. And, you know, their obviously reaction is, well, we got to get Mowgli to safety at the man village. Uh, but does Shere Khan still want him dead regardless? What happens? Right. You yeah. kind of have to see the movie to, to find out. Yeah. But, um, you know, there's there's a lot of elements in this film that are, like you were saying, it's, it, I believe actually John Favreau has said that The Jungle Book was like his favorite movie when he was a kid. Yeah. So there's, there's you know, there's that, you can definitely feel that passion for it in here. Um, you know, well, well, we'll start at the beginning and maybe talk about some fun. So like the opening, you were, we were talking about the castle, the classic Disney castle opening in this movie is altered, is... I don't want to yes. say, you know, adapted to fit this by... Exactly. Saying, you know, the, of recent, it's been the uh, the standard kind of Cinderella-looking castle opening. Yeah. That's all very, very uh, heavily computer animated as it pulls back and brings up the Walt Disney logo. This is like a complete throwback to the opening logos of the day where the castle smaller looks more like sleeping beauty castle it's all done on like 2d celluloid yeah. we get to also see what's beyond the castle and which i thought was really yeah, cool and you yeah get, so you get that view of what's like the train the came around exactly. yeah and then it pulls further back and then that starts to fade into the actual jungle and it, it all blends together this beautiful um it, multi-plane camera yeah. effect that it, and it goes from that that animation into the realistic photography and or the photo photorealistic and it just it's kind of a nice transition from animation to the live action it, you know what i mean it's a nice oh, yeah. it's an acknowledgement of like we know exactly what we're doing we're yeah. making this you know no and we both saw it in 3d correct yes i saw it in imax 3d yeah, and i saw it in just regular 3d i did not feel it was worth it to spend a little bit extra to see it well in my IMAX. again it was my friend's choice but i actually am like really happy no we went to go see it in okay. IMAX Express. Uh, I, it's just that that element that nod trying to blend in that uh, multi-plane camera effect there that is like that in my opinion that and i'm pr- pretty sure john favreau said it but that's him saying like you know i i respect where this movie came yeah. from before i respect what disney has done and uh you you could tell that he respected disney obviously uh at d23 we saw he he spoke so kindly of it and then like ben kingsley when he was out on stage oh yeah he was super modest there was no person i've ever heard from acting that was that modest and that proud to be working for a company and this is a this is a man who has just you know he's an academy award winner he's been in freaking countless movies yeah like gandhi you know and gandhi's over there bowing down to john favreau and it's just it's a crazy it's 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 just an interesting I, – I will say already it's a movie that whether I was in love with the plot or anything like that, I think the Blu-ray special features are going to be worth it for the purchase when this comes out alone. Oh, agree. You know? And I'm hoping they kind of get into that because there, there's so much about this film sitting there like that opening. You immediately kind of want to go back as soon as you're done with the movie and like do a little research and – you know. So what did you think about the actual uh, voice characters? In it, uh, I thought they were fant- I thought they were all perfectly cast. I thought Ben Kingsley's Bagheera was spot on. Um, Sheer Idris Elba can do no wrong, really, at this point right now. I thought he was great as a villain. He's always got that menacing, you know, he's got that presence about yeah. him, even though he's not present in the movie. I mean, he is present. And um, Bill, I mean, come on, Bill Murray's Baloo. That's, that's just, who else could be Baloo, you know? And, and again, with King Louie, who else could be King Louie but Christopher Walken, you know? I do have I do have some issues okay, go. in there with go that, though. Okay, so one of the... 
so I guess we'll talk about our cons of the movie here, if you have any. Not our sheer cons, just our shut up. <laughs> cons. Shut up. <laughs> but um, I, I would say for me, I what they do have the bare necessities song in the movie. Mm-hmm. Sorry for that minor spoiler. I'm going to give you another minor spoiler in relation to a song as well. But um, I thought the way they worked in it to be a song in the movie was perfect because it wasn't really like a stop and be a new musical number. It's just kind of like Baloo is humming it and says some words. And he, so it's kind of like Baloo's making it up. Agreed. And, and Mowgli's just kind of like, what is that? You know, I've never heard yeah. music before. And he brings it up. And, and Mowgli cannot sing. That child cannot sing whatsoever. And so it's kind of like he's singing, but the kid's just like, oh, I'm getting into this, you know? So it's kind of more of, that song works more as a story of their relationship. Yeah. And I think it's done very well. However... Later in the film, they get to King Louie, mm-hmm. and you can hear it starting to happen. You can hear the music shift in the score, and you're like, oh, they're going to do it. They're going to do it. He's about to sing, and he sings. And the words are different to the song, which I don't doesn't really bother me. But but Richard Sherman did the rewrites. Oh, he did? Actual. Okay. Yeah, so oh, that's awesome. They, didn't, like, they weren't sacrilege on that yeah. because they, they brought him in to help out. And by that, with like the, the new words... Um, you know, it, it, the words were twisted to be about the plot where in the original Jungle Book, Want to Be Like You, that's very heavy on, uh, you know, just King Louis the orangutan wanting to be like Mowgli on that. However, in this live action adaptation, uh, without giving away too much, King Louis wants to learn how to uh, he wants to learn how to make a certain thing so i mean if you want to spoil it listen to the soundtrack it's available on there you can hear that okay and my my issue is not with louis like with christopher walken singing the song or bill murray singing the song or any of that i love that the songs are present and there's another i'll get to another thing later about it that i actually loved loved but i felt like it it just wasn't as organic i felt like they forced that king louis song in there Oh, absolutely which is definitely a flagship song i do think but I honestly think that was a moment in the movie that brought me out a little bit. And I was like, uh, you shouldn't have, like, I wish you kind of didn't. It even brought me out of it because while the lyric changes were necessary, it was... The gigantic... Yeah, because they changed his species in it. Uh, He's no longer an orangutan uh, because orangutans aren't in the jungle. So oh, so yeah. they made it. I was wondering that too because I mean he's a giant in this, yeah. so it's it was this one's even more mythic, but it's a you know it's kind of a creature who fits more right. It, it makes more sense honestly in the long run. Um, so I I do agree with you on how the song kind of took me out of it. Yeah, in that moment, but in that gonna, moment, but not not for a later moment because. You go ahead. Well, I'm going to go back just a little bit okay. and make the unpopular uh, the unpopular statement that I do sometimes with animated movies like I did for Zootopia. I, Bill Murray was too iconic in oh, his role so as you, you you feel like because – oh, okay. So you were okay with Ben Kingsley though. Ben Kingsley, he – Disappeared as Bagheera, you know. He disappeared as Bagheera. He sounded uh, – the original uh, Bagheera in the cartoon, Sebastian Cabot, mm-hmm. he just – he they were so similar. Right. It, I, I was going to say the same thing. It reminded me so much of the Bagheera that I know and love as a kid, you know. Like, yeah. And so that that was okay for me. That – and Idris Elba, Idris Elba as Shere Khan, that fits so well too. With Baloo, I just – 
It was like Bill it, Murray through and through. It was through. Bill Murray through and through, and it was like Bill Murray was a talking bear. And so it didn't take me out of the movie to the point that I was like, no, I can't. I yeah. can't buy this anymore because it's still – it was Bill Murray different than I've ever seen – well, not even see because I didn't see him. I've ever heard him in anything else. This was a different side of Bill Murray, so I could appreciate it for that aspect of it. It wasn't – you know, it wasn't Bill Murray doing an impression of himself from Ghostbusters right, or yeah. depressed Bill Murray from his Wes Anderson movies. Yeah. It was something completely different. So I was still okay with it. I was okay with him singing uh, Bare Necessities. But I, I feel like... I'm going to say this, like, and I, I don't know if you're headed there, but I actually thought that as much as I love Baloo and I love the character in the movie, for me, the part of the movie that dragged for me that bring down the score of the movie a little bit is actually the scenes when Mowgli's with Baloo I felt like just the two of them went on for too long I I just a little bit and there's minute things it's it's almost nitpicking but that was the point where I was like oh I'm getting the sleepy eyes a little bit see that was the opposite for me um, maybe it was just the time of day that I saw it out and the, the energy that I had going into yeah, it being frustrated true. I thought this movie was perfectly paced from start to finish I never was uh, well, bored so it could it could have just I've got to give it another shot because it could have just been me because I what I was going to say is that I felt like every other scene was perfectly paced yeah and and that's so, what really impressed me yeah and so uh so christopher walken is king louis mm-hmm. uh obviously a little bit different than uh louis prima's original yeah. take on the role um but it, a little more it didn't bother boss. me it was just the song didn't need to be in there yeah it really didn't need to like be the in scene's there. okay and the scenes the scenes you know for a 3d movie that scene's really cool because yeah. mogu's weaving in and out of the the pillars and stuff but yeah i i agree um now if you're wondering about the other, there's uh, Ka is in the movie as Scarlett Johansson, Scarlett. yeah, and and uh, <laughs> um, and during the credits, I know we're we're jumping over a little bit, but we're, we're jumping around a lot. <laughs> they, but but I feel like we're on the the tone of the song, yeah. so I want to like hit that thought while we're there. Is during the credits they do um, the book closes at the end, and it's the same book from the film, the yeah. same Jungle Book book and book book, um, but. They do a really cool looking animation, especially if you've seen it in 3D, because the angle changes where you're looking down at the book, yeah. and the scenes of the movie are being like portrayed in this other type of animation that's really interesting to look at. How and they play, um, I want to be like you, and um, the bear, I think the Bear Necessities plays again, but then I had forgotten about it. Ka's song, um, Trust in Me, Trust in Me. The best part about this though is they did it like a James Bond song yeah. it, like it's got that very cool 60s james bond feel to it but then also the animation in that scene is the like it's done like a james yeah. bond movie and you know that credit that to scarlett johansson's voice it fit in very well with that i yeah. mean sterling holloway they they changed the gender obviously from yeah sterling holloway as uh the male con. a male and male we, know, we all know him he's uh winnie the pooh's voice too yeah so it's it they they changed it. She has that more sultry voice. Trust in me could have fit into the movie better than want to be then, like. Yeah, I agree. I completely um, agree. It ab- absolutely a hundred percent. It would have fit if she would have started doing it. And actually, I think it would have paid off better because there is a revelation whenever Mowgli is hypnotized by Ka that was the only part of the movie that I was not impressed with. I thought storytelling wise. 
you know, as a narrative. Necessary. Yeah, there was no other way to really communicate that. And I was almost like, is she bringing the memories out of Mowgli that he's having? I don't want to say what the memories are, but I mean, I'll tell you a little bit. They're memories of when he was a child, basically yes. his life before the jungle. But I don't want to say anything more specific yeah. than that. But, you know, is she telling him those memories or was she pulling it out of it? I was a little confused. That was me, yeah. Because I just like, if she's telling him, how does she know? How does all she this know? Stuff? Yeah, and I was like, "Is she magic?" Yeah, and so that—that's why that kind of took me out of that scene. But I—I I, I loved her casting as it. It was—it was very seductive. Yeah, for yeah, for sure, absolutely. Um, and let's let's go back to the book real quick. You alluded the same book from the animated. Uh, in a lot of the Walt Disney classic movies, they all started with like a, a very ornate book, right? physical book yeah. that would then open up and that would transplant you into the story. And, uh, you know, one of the things John Favreau noticed uh, on watching the jungle book over and over again is that the jungle book never closed at the end of the movie. So he took advantage of that for his. And I mean, this has been all over the internet basically for the past week. So if you don't know this yet, I I don't know how you don't, but for his movie, he was like, well, I'm going to take advantage. So they went into the archives. They found the book and they were actually able to close it and then reopen it back up to do the full credit. That's what I love. Is that like he closed it and then it like pushed open. Like it was the characters, you know, it was kind of like the stories, you know, are so alive that you can never close the book. You know what I mean? Exactly. And I thought that was really cool. And ironically, you can't because now they're saying this movie's doing so well, Disney's planning a Jungle Book 2. And if you're wondering how that's possible, you're just going to have to go see the movie because I had read that they started that the week before it came out. And I thought, how can they do that? Because of how this movie is and you got to go see the movie and you'll figure it out, you know, some deviations from the original. But but not in a bad way either. Actually, actually, that sat with me a little better than the original. Yeah. So I appreciated that. I'm, I'm going to talk about the little kid for a minute here. Okay. I hated him. I didn't hate him. I, I said that real strong. But I really don't like kid actors sometimes unless you're Dakota Fanning. And um, there was another small child I really enjoyed. The kid from uh, Room. He's good, too. Okay. But, right, so you're not a Jonathan Lipnicki fan? No, I wasn't. A, I mean, I do love Jerry Maguire. But, you know, there's just it's, – it's like – this kid wasn't terrible, but he's not amazing. There are oh, just a few moments in the movie where I was like, oh, somebody is like, say the line like this, you know? He's no Jake Lloyd. Yes, he's no Jake Lloyd. That's pod racing. <laughs> Woo! I don't know how many of those you could... I don't think there were enough woos in this movie, but... Um, not bad, not great, but I... So I'm curious, like, if, you know, obviously, they've probably got to move on Jungle Book 2 pretty fast because this child's going to age, Complete, I completely disagree with you, though. You like to him? say it. Yes, I I absolutely loved him. I thought he was charming. He was energetic. He brought a lot to the role. And keep in mind, I mean, for it's, most of the movie okay, yeah. that he's filming this, yeah. he's by himself with just puppets. That's true. That's true. And then whoever could stand in to help read lines against him. He did a lot for what he was given. That's, that is true. It, and you know what? And actually, I'll, I'll say that again. That's a testament to this film is yeah. that I forget that. You know what I mean? That I forget that this is actually just a kid in a big blue room. Yeah. And, no. you know, and that there are no people. There are, you know, there's nothing there. Now, I'm curious. Not, I can't remember. The, it's not, there's no motion capture involved with the animals and no the cap. actors, is there? There was. Okay. Yeah. That's what I thought they had said, but I was, I w- it was so well ingrained in the character that I wasn't 100% sure. So, yeah, there, w- there was some. So, um, 
Well, what are your? Do you have any other negative things? No, my my really only negative was the the cutaway during the cause scene. Other than that, I I enjoyed all the changes. I I thought that there was an an extra level of added humor that definitely didn't need to be there, and I could see how some people would be a kind of annoyed by it because the movie did talk about like the serious the side characters that come up to Blue when he's trying to get the honey. I love that. That, Yeah, that was one of my favorite parts. For me, yeah, it just oh, it's not a it's not a it's not a monkey. It's a man cub. At first, I thought I was going to hate that. Yeah, then it, it grew on me. Yeah, so. There was a lot. I don't. I don't. Uh, know. We we didn't talk about one important person in this movie. Actually, I'm just realizing Ooh. Lupita Nyong'o. Nyong'o. I thought was excellent. Again, so this is her second kind of present but not present film, which she was present in Star Wars. Yes. I mean, you know, she's replaced later, but or however they do it. But um, again, this is a, such a young lady who is playing she plays this rock shop. thousand year old character in Star Wars and now she goes on to play this mother this wolf mother Raksha 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 and her husband Giancarlo Esposito plays I can't remember the father's name the uh, father Aquila. wolf Aquila and the, I, I think the most the most emotional scene in that film was probably for me the the mother goodbye you will always be my Son. I, but it, what's what's great about that scene is it's beautiful because it's raining and Mogi like puts his hands in her fur and you're just kind of like oh, I can kind of feel the fur you know yeah, the way you just said mother there it felt very Amy from Congo mother, mother. good gorilla good gorilla good. mother mother Amy <laughs> <laughs> um yeah so I I thought. I, I what's also interesting is I feel like Disney didn't really hype this movie up too much. Like they kind of were like, "We've got a movie. Here it is." We they did their typical motions, but I didn't feel like it was heavily promoted anywhere. You know, it wasn't all over cereal boxes or any of that stuff. And yeah, I mean, they've got a pretty full film slate right now. Like we talked about, I mean, Cap- Captain America three is coming out next week. Um, Civil War, and then just two weeks after that, Alice in Wonderland, and then Finding Dory in June. It's a full slate, you know. Oh, very, and that's very that's full. they still have four more movies after that for the rest of four or five for the year. So, you know, it's going to be a good year for them. Oh, absolutely, hundred um, percent. How do you feel about a second Jungle Book? You think it's going to have the same magic as this one? Or I don't really want to like. I know there's more stories that haven't been told yet, but I, I think it's because I have such an unawareness of what the other stories are. Um, for the most part, that I can't say whether or not I'm excited about it. All I can think about in this sense is where they can push the technology even further. Mm-hmm. Um, as much as the environments were so photorealistic, there was still a bit of a... There was a couple moments. There was a couple moments with the animals specifically. Like the first time Sher Khan comes... And he's visible, and he's kind of walking down off some rocks. Yeah, it, it's a little bit of a glowy. Yeah. It's not. It's there, but it's not quite there. It, it felt like it happened again. I feel like it was actually mostly Sheer Khan, to be honest, because it happened again to him when he, when Mowgli fell in the pit and yeah. the stampede went through. I also thought that about Sheer Khan in that scene too. Yeah. So I think with a little bit more time, the technology can develop even more, and it will have the chance to be even more visually beautiful than it already was uh so i can't discredit it but i can't also say that i'm excited because i don't know what to be excited about yeah now i'm gonna ask you about this other film okay jungle book Mm -hmm. that's supposed to come out in 2018 or 2017 next october benedict cumberbatch 
Oh, is he in it? He's supposed to be in it. I know the Warner Brothers version. Yeah, it's well. I know it's Andy Serkis's directorial debut, and he's the go-to guy on motion ca- mm-hmm. mocap. But he's, um, you know, do you think there's going to be an oversaturation of this one tale? Like, what could it offer us that's oh, different? You know, I, I think this one's going to bomb. Honestly, and I hate to say that in terms of Andy Serkis because well, he's an ex- he's an art. You know, yeah, he's I, phenomenal. I, I love Andy Serkis. Yeah, I love him. I love I love King Kong. I love his role as Gollum. Uh, Supreme leader Snoke, <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Um, but this one, if they could have, if they could have got it right at the same time, like it was originally kind of back and forth of who's going to get theirs out yeah. first. If they would have, if they would have got this Jungle Book out, like how they did this two Snow White very, Universal got Snow White out at the same time as the other whoever did the Julia Roberts Snow White. Yeah, and if it would have been that close, then I think it could have been up for interpretation. Which one's going to be better? Yeah. This one, I feel like it's going to be too. Maybe almost too much, but also too late. I don't want to say too little. It's going to be over the top. Oh, yeah, for sure. Um, It's just going to be too late. And, you know, even the casting, as I've said, it's it's kind of strange. Uh, Benedict Cumberbatch in it, he's going to do Shere Khan. That's what I was wondering. You said the voice, and I was like, okay, yeah, that sounds good. Bagheera, Christian Bale. Uh, I don't like it. It doesn't make sense to me. Andy Serkis is going to do Baloo. Kate Blanchett is Ka. Um, It's... So they did the female Ka as well. Yeah, I did. and then from there it's well. Now know, it becomes the game no of who's name. copying who. You know, yeah. are they now just copying? Are they capitalizing? Like, how are they going to promote? And it's a it, it's a little bit of a shame yeah. because I'm not saying not to put down the other one, but it's just you know I would have I would have liked Andy Serkis's first out of the gate to be something that we could like yeah. be blown away by, but I don't necessarily know that you can redo that yeah. again. It's it's basically another reboot within a year. Yeah, and. Long story short with all this is, you know, a lot of times with our generation specifically, we have come to associate these fairy tales and these classic novels and stories as just Disney and ignore the fact that, you know, Snow White was around a lot longer before Walt Disney turned it into the animated classic. But now you say Snow White. You don't even think Snow White and the Huntsman. You think – You think think that animation. Exactly. And the same goes for the Jungle Book. In my opinion, I I think it's ingrained enough. It is a Walt Disney classic. It's even though it is sourced material that is unrelated to Disney, Disney took it and made the best adaptation of it and made it a Disney movie. And it's without that Disney magic in it, it's going to be very hard to really get a ton of enjoyment out of it. Well, we're actually the second it's it's you make an interesting point because we're really the second generation of that because it, we grew up and that's our reference, but it was it's also like I mean the original Jungle Book was 60 some sometime in the 60s, right? Yeah. And so my 67. my my parents were born in 63, so that you know, that was their Jungle Book as well. So it's yeah. kind of like and those are I, I can't think of a better word. They're almost archetype or archetypal kind of a story. You know, there's no, there's nothing like that inspired Snow White. Snow White is the fairy tale. You know, Jungle Book is that story. And so Disney w- was, whether he did this or not, you know, intentionally is just, he went back to basically the stone that, you know, the story was carved in. And so everything else has to come forward from that. So nobody can kind of go. Any nobody alive today can make a movie without saying they were not even remotely influenced yeah even if it's on a subconscious level from those films and you know? part of my problem is i am such a through and through disney fan that i i do look at that 
that classic Disney movie that inspired it. And that's where that's where I find the beauty into it. So I know this is going to be very obscure for some people, but, um, you know, I just I see whenever there's a like for the new Jungle Book that'll come out in 2018 with Andy Serkis to me that it's going to be based not on Disney off the original stories, but it's going to feel how like that awful adventures of Pinocchio movie felt back in the nineties. Jonathan Taylor Thomas and JTT. It's like, well, that doesn't have that Disney feel to it. Well, it's not based on Disney. It's based on the original story. Well, Well, it's also, there's an awfulness to it because of it. And granted, if it's done well, it can still exceed that. But it's hard because we have such an expectation. And not to say that people can't do it. It's like what you said. If it's done well, it can exceed it. And in one of those, like, there are some that are still very open. Like, you can do a different version of Snow White. Like, I, like Snow White and the yeah. Huntsman was there. You know, and and it was very unique take on it whether you know people enjoyed it yeah i mean i mean from a production standpoint that movie was visually just amazing but you know from a storytelling perspective it's not you know it's lukewarm but um but i i think about peter pan i for me peter pan the disney peter pan is not my definitive definition of peter pan i don't actually care for the animated peter pan very well very much um just nothing with that i maybe i just didn't wasn't exposed to it a lot as a child whereas i saw the mary martin Martin. um play a lot so like for me i still haven't seen i now i know disney's doing a live action peter pan so disney is gonna get it anyways either way for me but it's kind of I, I, you know, I, I, it, so I think there's still room where people can do oh, a version of it that warrants itself. If it's not the definitive, and I, I'm also going to be very unpopular in that that I, I love Peter Pan. I love the Disney movie of it. I love the However, story. Period. But, I, I lo- that's yeah. exactly it. I love the story. I like the animation to it. I love how it was translated into a dark ride. I love the music yeah, yeah. about it. But every time I watch the movie, it's an hour and ten minutes, and I'm like, oh god, this is kind of it dragging feels really on. long. Yeah. Um. Th- so I can't say, you know, it is a classic in some sense, but I think the Mary Martin play version is also so strong. It's something that I also watched. Yeah. Growing up a lot, so I, I'm in that same boat as you. If anything, even though it's not a retelling of Peter Pan, I think the closest that I've ever felt to having any real connection with the Peter Pan story was actually in Finding Neverland. Well, I was going to say, for me, I was going to say Hook, and then I was going to say Finding Neverland, because when I was in, I mean, I was like five when that movie came out, maybe six, 91. I was, I would have been, I would have just turned six. Yeah, and four. Yeah, and I, my uh, father's father, uh, he passed away when I was in fourth grade, but it's one of my first memories I can remember of a movie theater, and I didn't really know who Peter Pan was yet, so I don't even think I'd seen the Mary Martin yet, because the Mary Martin version, because um, I remember at Christmas at his house, like he w- he told us like, oh, we're we're your for your Christmas party, I'm taking you and your brother, and we're gonna go see Hook. And I I remember hearing, you know, seeing like maybe a commercial on TV, but being like, well, I don't understand, and, you know. And he's and he told me the story. He's like, well, it's about Peter Pan, and Peter Pan comes from Neverland or, or Never Neverland, and and I was like, I don't understand. And so he like took me out on the porch and he like pointed up into the sky, and he you know told me the story like there's the second star to the right, and you know. It's one of the only memories I have of him, so yeah. I have this very like close association with Hook. No. But you're right. I I brought up Finding Neverland before too. Is that I think that is a I think that's the movie that all uh, bio picks should be measured by yeah. from moving forward because I love how that took the story of Peter Pan and showed it, but it showed it in its creation. Like oh, Freddie Highmore. <laughs> oh, I mean, 
Be- Why'd she have to die? Oh my god, don't even. <laughs> the part when he's destroying the set and he's ripping the book and he's just so mad because he fell into the playful thing. And the scene when she comes down the stairs at the end and they're doing the play for her rips me open. That is one of the few times I have bought a movie without having seen it. I just bought it when it came out on DVD because somebody had highly recommended it. And I was like, I worked at Borders at the time and I was like, I'll get it. I went home and I remember watching it and some friends showed up right at the end of the movie and they like opened the door to my room and I was just covered like crying. crying. Yeah. And I didn't even realize the movie was almost over. Like it had moved when the, when the older couple, you remember the older couple that keep coming to see all of Jay and Barry's plays and then it's only her at the end. And he's like, well, he always loved imagination in the end. Oh God. I have to leave right now and go watch that movie again. That movie's so good. Yeah. It's, I am getting goosebumps. Yeah. It's, it's, good. it's just, it's, but there's a great example of some, they took material, they took the Peter Pan story and merged it with another thing mm-hmm. and told a very amazing story, you know? So there's still that room out there and for it all had this. no Angelina Jolie in it. And yes. <laughs> yeah. Which I guess they're doing a Tinkerbell movie, too, if we want to get down to that, is what Disney has confirmed recently. I'll, I'll but just keep going with uh, SNL's Tonkerbell. Yeah, you like the Tonkerbell? <laughs> okay, fancy business, baby. <laughs> Fantastic. Um, yeah, so I guess, I mean, do you have... Uh, okay, so I want to do this. I want to round it out with okay, this. Okay. We're going to do a Rotten Tomato style. So I want to give you, you give me a percentage from 0 to 100 of your enjoyment level. Hmm... But you can preface by saying very few movies, like, you're not, you know, how many movies do you see that are 90%? Like, See, I don't really do Rotten Tomatoes. I'm an IMDb man myself. Well, I'm I'm just, I only say it in a way where I'm, you know what I mean? I give it, it's the Craig scale. It's not Rotten Tomatoes. It's not, I'm not asking you, your number does not reflect like oh well the direct touring style and the the story well, didn't maintain integrity and they broke the you know yeah my my number is kind of a mix i i do half of it based on entertainment and then i do half based on the quality of how the movie was made so um you know like i'm one of those idiots where i for some reason i love joe dirt I just love the movie Joe Dirt. I know you do. Joe Dierte. For those who in in my mind, the the entertainment value I get from Joe Dirt is a ten. However, I understand how awful the movie is, so then I balance it out so it gets around a five. Um, And so with Jungle Book, my entertainment value was, I would say it was about a nine. There Mm -hmm. definitely was room for improvement, like I said with. The some of the about three of the choices there with uh Bill Murray with uh Wanna Be Like You and then the one cutaway uh exposition scene that they had to put in there. I feel like if those are tweaked, it could have taken it up to a 10, mm-hmm. uh, or it could have taken it up higher, just all balanced out. But the way it was done, I'm I'd be a solid eight, eight out of ten, eighty percent on it. Maybe okay. if we're going with a scale of one to one hundred, yeah. zero to one hundred, it would probably be closer to like an eighty two, eighty three. Okay. See so you you I was getting the vibe you were gonna give me an eighty seven. Because I'm gonna I'm gonna say I'm gonna give it like an eighty five, eighty four for yeah. me. But I, I also walked in, you talked about very high expectations. I walked in thinking I it's gonna go either way and my scale was leaning toward it wasn't gonna be that great. And maybe part of that was like I didn't feel like they heavily if they had wanted it to be better, maybe they would have heavily marketed, or maybe they were depending on word of mouth because I actually think it was it, it was an interesting story. I think it was well told. I appreciated that there was a moment in the movie where I jumped, maybe even more than once actually. Shere Khan jumping oh, yeah, out of the Kylie bushes just makes me Yeah. And like I knew it was coming, it's just that suspense and it gets you, you know, and um so I would say that the visuals blew me away so much, though, that, you know, like what you said, the way it was executed, 
that I would put it in the 84. Like I would, I would give it like, I would say that 80 to 84, somewhere in there. Definitely not in the 70s, definitely in the 80s. Oh yeah, absolutely. And I would say, oh, yeah, no, some, I, somewhere in that range. I will own this and I, I've already been listening to the score on repeat. Oh, okay, like I yeah. just, I, I love everything uh, that I'm able to have with it right now and I will love it whenever I own it. Um, but I'm also, I'm a tightwad whenever it comes to these movies. I, okay, I, so I, I want to give everything a 10, but some stuff just doesn't deserve it. Well, and I'm, I'm, a, I'm like you too. Like, I, I love the Power Ranger movie, and I know it's a horrible movie, but it just, it's a movie that I go, I watch it, and I love it because for me, it's a 90s time capsule. So I would, if you said, what's your enjoyment level of that movie, I'd say 90. I mean, I know it's a terrible movie, but I like the way everything looks. I like the way it sounds. You know, like, it's just, it's one of those, so you you, you balance all the good and the bad. But in reality, that movie's probably a 65. <laughs> like, oh, yeah. Yeah. maybe a 60. <laughs> and, but, probably a 50. <laughs> but um, but anyway, I, I um, okay, so you're a big stickler about what movies you go see in the movie theater versus what ones you wait at home. Is this a go in the movie theater? A must go? Yeah, for me, uh my whole idea has shifted on seeing movies. Obviously, the whole market has changed in terms of seeing movies uh, in theaters anymore now because home theaters are getting bigger, they're getting better, uh, and it's cheaper to do it uh, than it ever has been before. Yeah. So, like, I love. I have a. I don't have a huge TV. I have a nice sized TV for my apartment. Yeah. And I have a very very good sound system that goes along with it too. Very booming. Uh, probably too loud for how small my apartment is. And I enjoy watching movies at home. That being said, I never made the jump to 3D. Mm-hmm. So something like this, where 3D was kept in mind as it was being filmed, a yeah. lot of a lot of the conversions now on Disney movies, where they're adding 3D to it, um, just anything that I think has to be seen. Like I don't see comedies anymore, really, on in theaters if I don't have to. Sometimes I miss that because I like the idea of in a theater together, everyone, you know, that brings out that laughter that sometimes you don't get at home. Yeah, I do. agree. Yeah. Um, But let's be real for the cost that it is to get popcorn, uh, a drink, as well as the two tickets. Well, and there's no guarantee with a comedy too, that you're going to get, you know what I mean? Like, especially in a comedy, you're, you're not always going to have the bridesmaids or the, you know, whatever movie makes you laugh, like the wedding crashers, you know, it's, it's, those movies are sadly far and few between. And even whenever it's a movie that I think I I thought I was going to enjoy Maleficent walking into it and Mm. I just walked away hating it. So, and I agree with you on that, that aspect of like the cost that goes into it. And lately now it's an etiquette thing too. It's the text messaging. It's the lights on in the screen. Cause I am very much like you go into that theater and I want to be pulled into that window. That is a window unto another world. And I want to go into that world. And for me, people talk and I hate you. And you know, I just, it's just one of those, like, is it going to be a good? Am I sacrificing my movie experience versus what you say? It, it's a, it's a. We live in a tough day and age where that, that cinematic culture, you know, that togetherness, it's going to go one way or the other yeah. soon, you know, and and it's a, it's a, it's a little scary for me as as a film student and for you, I'm sure, as somebody who does enjoy the actual experience. If you could have the pristine experience every time, and yeah. I know not every time can be a ten out of ten. However, it seems like you're either getting a two out of a ten. Or a seven out of a ten. There's never that, you know, great oh, experience anymore. I agree, but, and but I, w- I would agree with you. Like for me, I don't usually like 3D movies, but this is a movie I would say if you're going to see it in the theater, which I think you should, you should see it in 3D. Yeah, I haven't seen it obviously in 2D yet. I'll see that whenever I own it at home. Um, but I can flat out say that there is 
I, I highly recommend 3D. There's it was, no I way think I it was conceptualized yeah. in 3D, too. So it, I think this movie was ground up 3D, yeah. whereas post-conversion. It. Yeah, yeah, to not see it in 3D, you're doing a disservice of yourself. Uh, and if you're having the movie-going experience, see it in 3D. It's worth a little bit of extra. Yeah. It really is. It's one of the better 3D movies I've seen lately. Yeah, and I think this is one that if you, you can bring the whole family to, you oh, know, absolutely. and I think if you don't have kids, you can still enjoy it as an adult, like, and not have to be a Disney fan. Like, I think it's a, I think it actually is a movie very well made for kind of yeah. an all ages. And I can see that from the crowd that I was in the theater with. I don't, I don't ever stereotype anything like that, but walking in, I was like, okay, this is a very diverse, very diverse, eclectic yeah. mix of people. And everyone was laughing. Everyone was having a good time. And it was one of those things where we had a baby in our theater. Mm. And every, we were all kind of getting nervous because it was being loud at first. And then the mother, she did what she had to do to calm it down. And and then everyone just came together and had this very similar experience where we all enjoyed it. Everyone jumped at those scary moments. And that's great. And that's know? the type of movie experience that's cinema. you want. Yeah. 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 Absolutely. And that's, you know, that's what you always hope for. So I'd say take the chance. On this one, agree. Yeah, I I think you know I know there's I know this is a summer full of big movies, but I think this is one that you'll kind of see later and be like, man, I I could have seen that. And it's like what you said, and even if you do have 3D at your house, I really don't think you're getting that full. No. It hasn't come the way movies have, you know, as far as movies have come. So I don't, you know, I don't think you get it. So I think that's our recommendation here. Is it's a a C C in 3D, see it in the theater, and um. You got anything else to say about that's it? That's all I got. It. Yeah, so so that's it. That's the Jungle Book. Those are our thoughts. Let us know what you thought. Um, and uh, I guess we'll see you. Well, we won't see you because we can never see you. Yes. But um, Unless one day we do this live in front of people. We're just watching you no, from we'll where see. you're listening. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. But, you know, um, we'll be back next time with, I believe, next on the uh, schedule is... Captain America Civil War, Ooh, which I'm I am very excited for. So um, I'm looking forward to that a lot. Um, but yeah, thanks for listening. What thanks a- for having me on. Yeah, well, thanks for coming on. You oh, know, thank you. Thanks for having the passion, Craig. <laughs> Keeping it alive. So this has been Diz Pop, and we'll see you in the next episode. Still won't see us. Still won't see us, but you'll be in our hearts. Wingabo.